I didn't hear it, but I'm going to. All right. Hallelujah. So we're continuing on with our discipleship training. Yes, yes, yes. And as always, we're going to start off, you know, with a precursor, you know, to let you know where we're going. And that is into the world of scripture. Welcome to my world place where your natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning, and when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices and the, and the persecuted righteous we, um, don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here, swords are likened to the word, the demons of birds, the dead are yet alive and living are actually dead, blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes the later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place than the awesome world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. We're our congregation is about to begin teaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So we're continuing on with our with our story of Avram, the call of Avram, you know, and this of course is about, you know, Avram being called and you know, but how you know his journey you know speaks to the journey in which we all must walk you know if we're to follow after yah amen mm -hmm. you know um he is an l that changeth not you know he does not switch it up you know the old way is still the new way mm -hmm. say lie all right so we left off in genesis 12 13 so we're, we're going to pick it up today with genesis uh, 12 14 can i have my first reader read genesis 12 14 through 17 please and it came to pass that when Abram was come into egypt the egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair the princes also of pharaoh saw her and commended her before pharaoh and the woman was taken into pharaoh's house and he entreated Abram well for her sake and he had sheep and oxen and he asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. And Yahuwah plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Hallelujah. All right, let's see if we can make sense of this. Let's see if, uh, if we're starting to get acclimated to to the language you know the language of scripture that is right mm -hmm. you know so it says in verse 14 it came to pass when Abram was coming to Egypt you know this is a picture of what it came in the truth yes yes who did Abram. another name for Abram or another term for Abram Father of the church. Yes, father. What kind of father? Man. High father. Absolutely. Exalted or high father. You know, so we, we have a picture of the exalted or high father coming into truth. Right? All right. You know, and it says the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was um, very fair. The Egyptians, you know, the Egyptians speaks to people of truth, seeing that Egypt speaks to truth, right? So the Egyptian speaks to people of truth, but what I want you to understand is it speaks to natural truth. You know, even as we spoke about Ms. Raim speaking to truth, but it spoke to the letter of the truth, 
you know, the uh, the outer truth, if you will, you know, the utmost outer truth, the letter of, of the word, you know. And so the Egyptian speaks to those, those people who have a natural or outer understanding of the word. Everybody with me? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, you know, Pharaoh, it says the prince is also a Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh, his name uh, speaks to the great house. His name literally means the great house. But it's the great house of Mitzrayim. So again, it will be a natural great house. Everybody see that? You know, so again, it's speaking to a natural great house. You know, and so this is speaking to a physical tabernacle or a physical temple, if you would. Amen. You know, and so where it is, we have a picture of the exalted father who was come into Mitzrayim or come into truth, you know, uh, and the people of truth, the natural people of truth, you know, beheld the woman. Now, the woman represents what? The, the, the church, the priesthood, you know, absolutely. You know, so now here it is. The Egyptians, the people of truth, they see the woman. They see the priesthood, uh, you know. So in, in this case, it would be it would speak to the, the priesthood of Melchizedek, you know, the woman. And she was very fair, you know, and the princess also of Pharaoh. They saw her and commended her before Pharaoh. You know, and so this is just simply a picture of the priesthood being brought before the temple, which we know when our exalted father, Yahshua, when he descended and came into Mitzrayim, you know, uh, Mitzrayim is also an epithet for what city? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Absolutely. You know, so can you can you not see that this is a picture of the exalted father coming down and going into Jerusalem? Mm -hmm. You know, and he having him having his priesthood with his woman, you know, and his woman getting taken, you know, to the great house, to the temple. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody still with me? You know, okay. Now, it says that he entreated Abram well for her sake, for the priesthood's sake, mm -hmm. you know, and what did he give him? How did he entreat him well? He gave him sheep. Mm -hmm. Sheep speaks to devoted followers of goodwill, mm -hmm. you know, devoted followers of goodwill. Sheep are mm -hmm. followers. They follow the shepherd, right? you know hmm. and so here it is the sheep speaks to devoted followers of goodwill of goodwill is those who have a good intentions they have goodwill and this is they're devoted to following doing good amen hmm. you know and then we have the oxen it says and oxen oxen speaks to devoted servants you know and you know, hence, this is the oxens were the ones that would be yoked, you know, um, to serve his, um, his masters, you know, and 
plowing the field and doing all sorts of work around the around the um the farm, so to speak, you know. Mm -hmm. And so these are the oxen represents those who are devoted servants of goodwill. You know, mm -hmm. they are devoted to doing Yah's goodwill as well, but they're devoted not just in following, you know, the, the goodwill, but doing whatever, whatever the goodwill has them to do, you know, not just following, you know, behind mm -hmm. it. You know, um, then we have the he behinds, you know, which speaks to those who are devoted to serving goodness from the understanding of truth you know and i know that gets a little intricate in there but you know um the he behinds or the he donkeys you know speaks to those who are devoted to serving goodness from the understanding of truth you know now you can be devoted to serving goodness without understanding of truth you know so like some people they have good intentions and they have a will to do good, but they don't know what good actually is. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, you know, they have a good will and they and they and they're they're devoted to to doing that good, but they're just doing they're doing bad because they don't really know what good is as defined by Yah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you know that becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, uh these these he behinds, they speak to those who are devoted to serving goodness from the understanding of truth. So these are the ones who understand that from their understanding of truth, they serve goodness, you know? And then we have the men servants who are slaves or workers of good and maid servants who are spreaders of truth. Mm -hmm. And then we have the she behinds, which are those who are devoted to serving the understanding of truth, mm -hmm. you know? And generally speaking, you know, whenever you see a male, it's in reference to that which is good. And when you see a female, it's in reference to that which is of truth. You know, so this is what the, uh, all the various animals and things that Abram received for the priesthood. And once you put the two together and you recognize that the woman is the priesthood, then, you know, it just makes sense, you know, that if the woman is the priesthood, that she will, um, that he would be enriched or receive, you know, devoted followers, you know, because this is what, you know, the priesthood is put there for to, you know, uh, to lead the followers of Yah, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it would make sense that we receive devoted servants. You know, all these folks that are devoted to Elohim, you know, devoted to doing his good will, to doing, to understanding his truth, to doing his good works, to spreading his truth. Starting to sound like a church, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, devoted to to um, serving the understanding of truth, you know, and trying to get trying to get that understanding, you know. Now, verse seventeen says, "And Yahuwah plagued Pharaoh mm. and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife." Mm. Now, <clears throat> I want you to think about this for a moment. Well, let's let's take a look at this word "plague." It's Nagah, number fifty sixty one, um, and it speaks to 
a blow, uh, a spot, a leprous person. Mm. So it speaks to a leprous person. You know, now, leprosy back in biblical days was oftentimes a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody realized that, mm -hmm. you know, we, we see this when Miriam, um, you know, was struck with leprosy, you know, and the plea that Aaron had on her behalf, like, don't let her be as one of the walking dead, yeah. you know, you know, so leprosy was, was uh, synonymous with, with death in our actuality, you know, now with that in mind, let us consider what we're seeing. We're seeing the exalted father who come down into Jerusalem, you know, with his, with his, um, with his wife, you know, because she's very fair, she gets taken, you know, the, her priesthood gets taken and he's given all these devoted followers and servants, you know, um, you know, or for, you know, in exchange for her, mm. you know, but then, you know, uh, Yah plagues mm. Jerusalem, plagues them with a type of death. Mm. Can anyone tells me, tell me what this is actually speaking to? Sin? Something unclean? Unclean? No, uh, what event is this speaking to? Just, just think it was prophecy at the time, but the prophecy has been fulfilled now. Moshe and the Israelites leaving. Yes, that that um that definitely fits the bill. You know, that definitely fits the bill. There's another there's another um scenario that fits the bill as well. Yeshua leaving? Absolutely, Yeshua leaving. Can you see like these these two are these two events are fulfillments of this passage? Can you see that? You know. When Moshe came out, did he not, did, did Yah not plague Israel? Yep. You know, and when Yahshua left, did, um, you know, did Yah not plague, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I said plague Israel, I mean plague Egypt, you know, um, you know, but when Yahshua left, did Yah not plague, also plague spiritual Egypt or Jerusalem? Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you see that? Same thing, you know, uh, when he came out the first time, there was death. We see and leprosy is associated with death. Mm -hmm. You know, when he brought Moshe out, out of Egypt, you know, he put death upon the Egyptians, did he not? Mm -hmm. You know, when he brought Yahshua out of, out of uh, uh, spiritual Egypt, he put death upon the Egyptians or the, um, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Yeah. It didn't come until later though. Mm -hmm. You know, it came at the destruction of the temple mm -hmm. and the destruction of the priesthood and the destruction of, you know, Jerusalem as a whole. Can you see it now? Can everybody see that? Mm -hmm. Now I pray you can see that. 
because like this was there like hundreds and even thousands of years before these things happened. Mm -hmm. You know, and here it is, here it is, it was here a testament to, to what would be. Let me have my next reader read Genesis 12, 18 through Genesis 13, one through four. Genesis 12, 18 through 20. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidst thou she is my sister? So I might have taken her to me to wife. Now therefore, behold, thy wife, take her and go thy way. Mm. And Pharaoh commanded that his men concerning him. And they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Genesis 13, 1 through 4. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of Yahuwah. Mm. Hallelujah. Okay, so... We continue on in verse 18. It speaks about the temple, the Pharaoh, the great house, the temple called Abram, you know, the exalted father and said, what is this thou hast done unto me? Mm. And why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? You mm. know, and why says thou she is my sister? So I might have taken her to wife and now therefore behold thy wife, take her, go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. So here it is. We see that the exalted father and his and his wife the priesthood they leave up out of jerusalem you know and that's exactly what happened you know um then we we come into genesis 13 you know and it says abram went up out of mitzrayim you know and his wife and all that he had in lot with him into the south you know now i just want you to take note that in Genesis 12, 9, you know, just prior to Abraham going down to Mitzrayim, scripture told us that Abraham was heading south. Mm. You know, now that wasn't nothing but a few verses ago, right? Mm. You know, and now that Abraham is going up out of Egypt, now take note that also that Abraham was going down into Egypt. In other words, it's a picture of the, the um, exalted father descending into Jerusalem, descending down into Jerusalem. You know, like Yahshua came from on high. It's, it's from him coming from out of the mountains, you know, be, before Bethel, remember? The house of Elohim. So here it is, he's in the kingdom of Elohim and he's descending from the kingdom of Elohim into Jerusalem. And once he's um, into Jerusalem, he does what he, what, he, uh, what he needs to do down there. You know, then scripture tells us you know, that he begins to head south and now he's going up out of Mitzrayim. Now he's going up out of Jerusalem. This word going up literally means to ascend. Can you not see a picture of Yahshua coming from his father mm -hmm. to Jerusalem and then ascending back to his father 
up in the kingdom of heaven. Man, that picture is so clear there. You know, it's so clear there. He ascends back, back up, and it, it even tells you that he goes, um, where is it at? He goes up out of Egypt. He went up out of Egypt. Hmm. And when you read about him coming into Egypt, he goes down into Egypt, descending and ascending. Hmm. You know, so like that, that's like huge, you know. That's that's like huge, you know. Now, also, I want you to uh take note, you know, that back um when you go back into the mountain, we're again told that he's heading into the south. Now I want you to think about this for a minute, because just in, in Genesis 12, 9, when he was when he was descending down into Egypt, it tells us he was heading south. Mm -hmm. And now he's leaving out of Mitzrayim. And again, it tells us he's heading south. Hmm. Hmm. Doesn't it seem as though someplace, somewhere along the way, he should be going in a direction other than south if he's coming and going? Hmm. Can you see that? You know, scripture is intentionally avoiding telling us any other direction that, hmm. that, that he traveled in. And the reason being is so that we can all see and understand that he was traveling south because south speaks to the greater light, the greater understanding, the greater wisdom, the greater truth. This is the way he was traveling. You know, and so scripture goes out of its way for us to tell us that he's always heading south. Now, that is y amazing in and of itself, that scripture is that detailed to make certain to let us know that so that we can see the picture, you know, and, you know, that's just, you know, that's just the beauty of y'all's word. That's what I, I call like his signature, hmm. you know, you know, he, he leaves no stone unturned, you know, he dot every I and cross every T, you know. And so, you know, he just told us that before going down, he was heading south. And now he's going up out of Mitzrayim. Again, he's heading south. Hmm. You know, and then it tells us in verse three, and he went on his journey from the south. Had to tell us that again. Hmm. Had to tell us that he, was, that he was coming from the south again, even unto Bethel. Now, we know that if he left from Bethel going south, Going back to Bethel, he gotta go north mm -hmm. at some point. But scripture intentionally avoids telling us that he's heading north. Because all it wants us to see is him heading south. Because it wants us to see that he's going into greater light, greater wisdom, understanding, greater truth. You know. These, this is, these are the gems, mm -hmm. you know, these are the gems that you have to be able to catch, you know, in order to see the fullness of the picture, you know, but that is, you know, I, you know, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I think I'm a, I think I'm a scripture nerd, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I get excited over stuff like that, but <laughs> sometimes I think I'm alone, <laughs> I feel so alone. Uh, all right, Genesis 13, 5 uh, says, And Lot also went with Abram 
and had Locke's and hers and Tim's. Mm-hmm. Now, Locke, his name speaks to a veil or covering. Mm-hmm. And he is a depiction in all actuality of like Moshe. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you see Locke? Mm-hmm. Think Moshe, or at least think the people that were, that were following Moshe. All right? Mm-hmm. And how so? Well, I'm glad you asked. Second Corinthians 3, 13 through 16 tells us how so. It says, and not as Moshe, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remain of the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Mashiach. But even unto this day, when Moshe is read, the veil is upon their heart. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Adonai, the veil shall be taken away. And so here it is. Lot represents this veil. Lot represents the blinded mind, the veil that is upon the people's hearts when they read the Old Testament writings. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. They cannot see. Right. You know, because the veil blinds them. And they refuse to turn to Yahshua with their whole hearts, you know? And so as a result, they remain blinded, you know? But whenever they do, the veil will be taken away, you know? And so this is what Lot represents. He represents those with the blinded minds, you know, the ones with the veils upon their hearts, you know? And it says that, you know, uh, he went with Abram and when he came out, he had some stuff too. He has some flocks, some herds, and some tents. You know, flocks speaks to migrators. Mm. Migrators, they don't stay in one place for long. You know, they just stay in one place periodically, and then then they're they're, they're off. They're, they're moving. You know, and then he has some herds. You know, the herd speaks to plow, so you know he has some workers, and then he has some tents. Now, a tent is a temporary dwelling place. Again, it's for, like migrators, it's for people who stay on the move. You see that? Mm-hmm. So what does that tell us about Lot? You know, they're, they're going to be displaced. You know, and they will always be those people who get displaced. You know, and I'm going to say lie on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's like a big say lot. Yeah. You know, so Genesis 13, 6 through 8. My next reader, please. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between Hermon of Abram's and Abram's cattle and Hermon of Lot's cattle. Hmm. And a Canaanite and a Pesarite dwelt then in the land. And verse 8. And Abram said, Unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and there, oh, excuse me, and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we 
Be mm. Hallelujah. Okay, so what are we talking about? Herdman. Herdman is Ra'ah. Ra'ah in the Hebrew number 7462. And it speaks to those who tend to flock. Mm. Essentially, it speaks to a pastor or a shepherd. And so here it is. We see that, you know, betwixt Lot, which is those, those, those that are blinded, whose minds are blinded by the veil, you know, their pastors. You know, and the exalted father's pastors, or we could say those of uh, pastors of Yahshua, mm -hmm. you know, they get into a fight. Hmm. They get into a fight, you know. Now, the thing is, it tells us, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt then in the land. Hmm. The Canaanite speaks to peddlers or merchants, and the Perizzites are the inhabitants of the open country. Hmm. Okay. Now, you know, why this is important, why scripture points this out is because, you know, it was very easy for them, you know, if they were to be fighting, if the shepherds were to be fighting, you know, then the sheep would get scattered. And the more the sheep get scattered, the more the inhabitants of the land would steal them. And it'd be very easy for them to do so. Um, for one, because the Canaanite, they was peddlers or merchants to begin with, you know, and then the Perizzites, you know, they dwelt in the open country. So it would be easy for them to take them and sell them to those in the open country and no one would be the wiser. Hmm. You know, as long as, you know, you got the pastors who are supposed to be watching over the flock, scattering each other's flock, hmm. you know, because of their, their strife betwixt each other. You know, now, you know, this, uh, this brought to mind a passage in Yahu that speaks about the pastors. You know, and it's Yahoo 23, 1 through 4. It says, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor, saith Yahuwah. Therefore, thus saith Yahuwah Elohim of Israel, um, against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith Yahuwah. I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their foes and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will set up shepherds over them that which shall feed them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, says Yahuwah. You know, and so this rift the strife betwixt the herdmen you know is going to come to an end you know um you know it's going to come to an end both sides are going to stop scattering each other's flocks you know and yah is going to begin to gather his his people the exalted father is going to begin to to gather all of his sheep you know back into his fold you know and they will be fruitful and increase. Mm -hmm. And he will set shepherds over them, which shall feed them. You know, and I feel like we're living in this day and time. We're seeing this actually manifest before our eyes. You know, uh, verses 9 and 10 of Genesis 13 goes on to say, Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. And it was well watered everywhere before Yahuwah. 
destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of Yahuwah, like the land of Mitzrayim, as thou comest unto Zor. Now, this is where Lot will end up going. He will go to the plain of Jordan, you know, and this is just a, a prophetic picture telling us where we can find Lot, you know, that he is over by Sodom and, you know, where it's like a garden of Yahuwah, you know, even like the land of Mitzrayim. Now, all of these, spiritually speaking, speak to Jerusalem. They all are epithets for Jerusalem. You know, even Sodom, the Garden of Yahuwah, you know, and Mitzrayim. They're all spiritual symbolism for Jerusalem. You know, we see it in Yahu 23:14. It says, I have I have seen also the prophets of Jerusalem. And horrible thing, they commit adultery and walk in lies. They stripped and also the hands of evildoers that none do have returned from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. So we see that, you know, the prophets are uh, of Jerusalem are spiritual, like spiritual Sodom and the inhabitants thereof like Gomorrah, mm -hmm. you know, and also Revelations 11, 8, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of that great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Adonai was crucified. Again, speaking about Jerusalem. You know, so I pray that you can see, you know, that scripture is teaching us that Lot symbolizes Jerusalem. Symbolizes Jerusalem, his, their prophets, you know, and the inhabitants of the land like Gomorrah. You know, and so like, this becomes pretty important in, you know, when you start trying to make sense of the word, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know, it helps to know who Lot represents, you know, and also uh, we have Yeshayahu 51, 1 through 4, which says, hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek Yahuwah, look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Look, look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. For Yahuwah shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of Yahuwah. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. Hallelujah. And of course, this is speaking about Yahshua coming to the earth, you know, and he brought that law, the command, his commandments, and he was that light for the people. Amen. Amen. You know, so from these passages and others like them, we're to understand that Lot and his family are a type of the house of Yahuda, whose hearts and minds were and is veiled from seeing the truth mm -hmm. until they decide to turn to Yahushua, mm -hmm. you know, so I pray that that's something for everybody. That's all I have for you today. Pray with uh, the rest. Yeah.